for now is awake and the other day God said to me he said fully alive fully awake and I just had the sense that unless we're fully awake we miss out on the fullness of the life that he has for us and so I started journaling a whole lot of random thoughts that kept coming and awake means to be aware and it means to be alert and our eyes are open to see. And then I found myself writing the sons of Issachar. And so I looked up 1 Chronicles chapter 12, which is where they're mentioned. And it lists all those who were gathering with David at Hebron. And it listed thousands and thousands from all the different tribes of Judah. And I shouldn't have written in pale blue ink because it's really hard to see. And it said some of them were bearing shields and spears. They were equipped for battle. They were mighty men of valour. They had all kinds of weapons. They were skilled and equipped. And in their midst were the sons of Issachar. And they were described as men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel would do. And that word for understood in Hebrew means knowledge, wisdom and discernment. So they were awake and aware and alert and had eyes to see not just what was going on in the natural but what God wanted to do in the midst of it. They had revelation knowledge of the plans and strategies of God so they knew what Israel needed to do to bring victory. They were armed with the wisdom to bring direction to all those who were skilled and equipped with weapons. They didn't just know the what, but the how and the when. They had eyes to see the what and then God gave them the strategy that would make all the weapons effective. So they were like the key to the battle, the key to victory. And God is calling for the sons of Issachar to arise. He wants us to be the sons of Issachar. He wants us awake and aware. He wants us to see the signs. He wants us to know the seasons. He wants us standing in faith, holding on to his promises. He wants us to know what needs to be pulled down and what needs to be built up, to be those who can decree and declare his kingdom come. The sons of Issachar in the secret place stand in the counsel of the Lord, watching, listening bringing the direction to the Ecclesia. Knowing the times and the seasons, being aware of what God has for us, where he wants us to go, what the strategy is, what he wants us to do, where he's taking us. Julia, would you come? I wrote this, worship is the place we open up to what is already here. I wrote that before John said what he said tonight. And um, yeah, I, I want to start with something that happened to me a month ago in worship. 
um, I'd been away for a couple of weeks and um, so, yeah, you just get a bit distracted by life and I came in and started to worship the Lord and pretty much straight away I went into a, a vision. I don't know what had been happening in the church while I was away for those couple of weeks but I went into a vision where I, uh, it's a month ago now, but I I could see uh, the beginning of that vision was rivers. I could see rivers. I could see, um, you know, blue rivers going everywhere. And then I, I looked up with my eyes closed and I could see a very high cliff. And then the, there was a waterfall coming down and then, and then starting to ooze over the top of that was gold, was liquid gold. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I just had this sense that there's, there's rivers of living water in this place. And, uh, I didn't say anything to anyone and I just, yeah, I went, I went home and, and then Monday night, I can't, everything was pretty normal. And then Monday, I came back here on Monday, the Monday night for prayer. And as soon as we started to worship again, I saw waters. I saw waters. I saw I saw all different colours, um, blues, and I, I described it. I did speak out that time, and I described it that I had seen colours that I hadn't seen before. Um, so yeah, in the spirit, I could see colours. Then it changed, and then I was. It was like I was watching a time lapse, and things. I saw things coming to life: plants, animals, and um, I was just looking up in worship at this, the year of abundant life, and it was. It was life. There was life in the place, and um, yeah, and uh, the the. The thing I want to say is, you know, sometimes we're not aware of what is here now. And Sylvia was just talking about the sons of Issachar. You know, they they could discern the times and the seasons. And God gives us um, dreams and visions and um, the prophetic so that, you know, because our lives do get on top of us and 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 so that we can see what it is and hear what it is that's happening now because otherwise we we can you know we can just go about all this a bit too mechanically and we can't right we can't now we can't do that because the lord is is moving he's moving and we need to be aware of what he's what he's what he's doing and we need to listen to the prophetic and and um, open up ourselves too. I mean, we're, we're in two weeks isolation, but, you know, we might not be in the church building, but we, you know, we have to spend time in the secret place. You know, before COVID even happened, the Lord gave me a dream where um, I was in a house and an African elephant came through the front of the house and um, everybody scattered and I went into a room on my own. And um, this was even before COVID. And in that room, the Lord reminded me this week, in that room there was a fireplace and in that fireplace I found a treasure. 
you know, so the Lord, it's not surprising to the Lord COVID. It's not, this has not surprised him. And we can use this time. We can use this time to, to um, we might have more time. Some of us are still working. But, yeah, and our houses might be noisy. But we've got to make time. We've got to make time for the Lord. We've got to give him time. And in worship, we've got to give him time. And the Lord reminded me of Joshua um, today and how when he was outside of Jericho, um, he was, he, you know, you know, we can, the best of us can get distracted. The, Joshua was um, the man of God. He, you know, he, he, you know, when Moses come out of the tent, he would linger. He would linger in the presence of the Lord and he wouldn't leave. But when he became the leader, you know, he was so focused on the battle and, and, and he, was, he was out there thinking strategy and the Lord showed up to him and, he, and, and said, you know, and Joshua said, are you for us or against us? You know, he was in the middle of that. He was in the middle of, um, you know, strategizing and, 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 you know, what was going to happen next. And sometimes we're like that. And um, and the Lord said to him, um, neither. I'm, I'm, no, he's, um, Joshua said, are "You want you want you for us, or are you against us?" And 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 Jesus, I believe it was Jesus. Anyway, he said he said to him, neither. He said to him, neither. And um, he said to him, take your shoes off your feet because you're standing on holy ground. And and Joshua hit the deck and he worshipped. He worshipped God in that place. And I, and I just think, you know, I felt like the Lord was saying, he took, had told him to take his shoes off because that's, his shoes are about where he's been and where he's going. And, and Jesus just wanted him present. He wanted him present in, the pres, in his presence. And that's what he's asking. It's, that's what he's asking of us, to be present in the presence. Because I... You know, I believe, I believe what I saw. Um, I believe what I saw. I believe that there are, you know, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, you know, Jesus said that we would have rivers of living water in us and they would well up. Those living waters would well up. But there's also, is it such a thing as an outpouring of God's presence? You know, rivers in dry places, um, the the latter rain. You know, it's not it's not only what's what we have now, but there's there's times when the Lord pours out His presence, and I believe that this this is what we're this is the season that we're in, but we need to enter in, and we need to open that door to the Lord. You know, at the the Church of Laodicea, they they had, you know, they had an invitation. They thought they were rich. They thought they didn't need anything. And, and, and Jesus was outside knocking on the door, you know, and we don't, want, we don't want that in our lives. We don't want Jesus outside knocking. We want to be open to him. And spending time ourselves with the Lord is how we're going to have that open heart and corporately, be open to the Lord's spirit when we come together. And, yeah, that's all. <laughs>
Hallelujah. Present in his presence. Unreal. Uh, I'm really excited about Michael sharing tonight. He's going to share a, a testimony of something that happened, um, I guess it must be a few months ago now, or maybe even longer than that. And um, Anyway, you'll see how it ties in a little bit later on, but Michael, would you come and share? wanted to, um, about the, the river that our sister was sharing about. I remembered um, um, it would have been 20 years ago and I came home from church and we were ministering and God was moving in such a dramatic way. He um, he was touching people's hearts and um, and how God used to, well, sorry, how God moved back then and what he's doing now. It used to do my head in. Um, I was one of these people that, that found it hard to understand why God loved me. And I struggled with that for most of my life. Um, coming from a dysfunctional background, um, substance abuse I was addicted by the age of five I was running away from home by the age of three I had two towns looking after me uh, looking for me um, because of the environment I grew up in I just wanted to run and um, so that kind of shaped me in a certain way and when I came to the Lord at the age of 17 after having an out-of-body experience when I got stabbed with a 24 centimeter kitchen knife and I was lying in the middle of uh, on the street and got chucked into the back of the ambulance and I immediately see myself in the back of the ambulance and I immediately seen that I realized there was more to me than just that body what I was, I was looking at and I got transported into another place it was darker than darkness and then I looked up and it rained light this resonating voice that overpowered everything and it was like it was coming out of the light, coming from everywhere. I just went straight towards it. Then all of a sudden I get thrusted back and I wake up in the, in the, um, in the hospital and my dad next to me and um, squeezed my dad's hand. And uh, me and my dad never got on at all. I was so dysfunctional. By the age of 14, I wanted to, I wanted to take him out, so... Uh, was at a very violent background and very violent upbringing. So to understand the love of God and to comprehend that for me was something that was really, really hard for me to comprehend and understand. God started to use me in the area of worship and, and my gift. And I started serving at church and there was all these things that uh, I pursued was the heart of the God because it was totally opposite to what I was. I was not a very nice person at all. I was an angry drunk and a happy hot, and a happy pothead, um, addicted to so many different things. Um, it wasn't funny, but when God started to speak to me, and He started to show me stuff that would happen when He brings a group of people together and and the plans that He has for us, it totally overwhelmed me. Um, I used to go home from church on a Sunday 
wondering how could God move in such a powerful way with healing ministry, angels rocking up, be part of our worship team. And I used to go home with my head trying to comprehend how could you use somebody like me who was so addicted and so afflicted in so many different ways. He gave me a scripture um, quite um, early in the piece because I was so desperate because I was still addicted to substance abuse for most of my Christian walk. And um, he gave me um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, and it just talks about, um, I know a man who was caught up 14 years uh, in the third heaven, where, um, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will boast about myself, except about my weakness. Even if I should choose to boast, I will not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, excessively proud of oneself or vanity, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Through most of my Christian walk, I kept hearing that. And when I found myself in that situation of indulging in the stuff that I was doing. Um, It wasn't a pleasure, it was actually a pain. One of the things that I remembered more than anything else, it actually used to stop the anger from rising up because I had this very nasty anger issue. And being a father of three daughters and had an amazing wife, I vowed I would never, ever let them see that. So I hid a lot of things inside. And there was this thing that always used to to niggle me. And I got to the point where I was fighting it constantly on a daily basis. Well, I got to the point where is that it was so common that I would tell it it's coming to church with me whether it likes it or not. And I lived like that for many, many years. I never, never, ever stopped having Christ in the center of my life and the focus of me wanting to attain to something completely opposite to what I was because I started to realize there was a love for me that overwhelmed me. God, John 3.16, may not, it's not a cliche, for God so loved the world. Here's another way of putting it. Michael, I love you. And when I 
started to let that sink into something that was so damaged as I was, sooner or later, it's going to penetrate. And that's what happened to me. I think I believe I carried it from the age of three. There was this weight, this heavy weight behind me. And um, I had to trust throughout all my years of struggle that scripture. And even though I may have been outcasted from a lot of different people, a lot of different church groups because of my addiction, I had some people that would wrestle with me. And I thank God for them in that season. And then I ended up in a place called Open Heaven where I had no idea I was coming to, but the Lord called me to this place. I heard him clear as day. And throughout all my dysfunction, you can hear his voice. And so whatever dysfunction you're going through, do not give up. I remembered um, I was a couple of years ago, I was sitting at the back and Pastor John goes, there's somebody here that the devil's been tormenting them all their life. And bang, that was me. He said, come up for prayer. And I remembered, I walked up. Now this is, I spent a year sitting over there in that corner, weeping before the Lord for the things that I lost, for the things that, um, that I went through, and I allowed the Lord to heal me. There was a sense of desperation. And I used to come and I would stay incognito and I wouldn't let anyone come near me. But every time worship started, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Hit me like a ton of bricks. And I would just weep. And um, when Pastor John laid his hand on me, after 49 years, this weight just went gone, lifted off. And I kind of looked around because it even the color even got better. And the first thing I said was, so Lord, what was the last 49 years about? There's some things we've got to go through. There's things that he wants us to qualify for. And no matter how long that season is for you, my season was a long season. But the season, what I went through and learnt and what I, beyond my comprehension of what was produced, that's but the grace of God. Quick backtrack 20 years. I, would, I came home from church one night and there was this river in my bed, in, in my lounge room, sorry, in my lounge room. And I just finished smoking some weed because that was how I processed things. And this river appeared in front of my, in front of me when I was in the lounge, TV, and this river all of a sudden appeared. And I was crying out. And on the other side was the Lord. And he said to me, Michael, I love you, but this is as far as you can come. And... Fast forward 20 years, when Pastor John laid his hands on me and that weight was lifted, something, the affliction was taken off me in an instant. Then he called me to fast for 40 days. 
And then within the first two days of my fast, my addiction just disappeared. It just went. Since then, there's just been this hunger and desire beyond a father who loves us and a brother named Jesus who was the firstborn of many to stand in the gap for us to be restored. There's this place where deep calls unto deep from a lover to another and calls out and says, come. So if you're going through any of this type of trouble and strongholds, no matter what the affliction or the addiction is, it can be quite small. And none of us are susceptible to this. We're, we're, we've all got something that is a weight, a burden, and something that, as Paul puts it, a thorn in his side. No matter how deep that thorn is, do not give up in this season. Allow, continue to seek the Lord. And in his timing, as you're, you are crying out to him, not for what he does, but for who he is, God will meet you. Bless you. Wow. What a testimony. Um, Michael's testimony, this, uh, this happened to you two years ago. You didn't share it with me until about three or four months ago. And uh, I've actually been waiting for Michael's testimony uh, since before he came to our church. And uh, a few years ago, uh, a man named Chris Harvey came and ministered in our church. He's actually ministered here a number of times over the years. He's from Queensland, uh, very powerful, prophetic worship guy, um, very anointed. He's been through some struggles himself. And um, about three years ago, a little bit more than three years ago, um, Chris was staying with me and Kerry in our house and we were talking through all sorts of stuff and one night it was really late and he was just walking past me to go to his room at the end of the house to get some rest and as he walked past me he said, oh by the way uh, John, God says to you that, um, that people are going to have addictions fall off them just from being around you. Now, this is not, um, I want to make this clear, this is not about me it's about what god is now releasing here in this church and it's uh when michael shared his testimony with me a few months ago it took me a while to process what had actually happened that i'd had a word of knowledge that was specific to something that he had suffered with for nearly five decades is that right for nearly five decades, and in a moment, God dealt with it because his heart was prepared to push through um, after receiving the impartation for healing and deliverance. He pushed through, and within two days, the addiction was broken forever. And the reason that I'm speaking about this tonight, the reason that I asked Michael to share is because 
uh, it was a few months ago that he shared the testimony with, with me and it, because I hadn't written it down, it took me a couple of months for me to remember Chris Harvey's word to me. And then I had the impression a couple of weeks ago that I needed to let Chris Harvey know that his prophetic word had actually come true. But I couldn't get hold of him so I left a voicemail. And then um, over the ensuing few days, God began to speak to me about what he's going to do in this place now. Not next year, not five years from now, now. It's now. And then, uh, so God spoke to me a number of things, and they all pertain to what God wants to do in and through our church and in and through our city. And the thing that uh, made it so real to me that I needed to declare what God has been speaking to me is that Chris Harvey called me last Saturday and prophesied to me almost word for word the things that God said to me over the last couple of weeks. And so specifically God has been speaking to me about a season of the invasion of his glory in this place. Not next year, not five years from now. We've been waiting seven already. The, the, the waiting time is over. He's also been impressing on me that the catalyst for this is in our worship. That there is something that's going to happen. It's already started. It's already happening in our worship. It's breaking open the portal over this place. There is a fresh anointing that has come, and we're going to flow out of worship into the prophetic into ministry, into intercession, into healing, into deliverance. And then in line with this, over the last few days as I was trying to make some sense of all of this and put it into some sort of right order in my own mind so that I could speak about this, God began to speak to me about the key of David. And the key of David represents authority. And it's actually in both of my messages this weekend. But tonight I just want to speak something uh, because this is also... Um, a prophetic confirmation to me because when God began to speak to me about the key of David, he reminded me of Revelation 3 verses 7 to 8 and Kerry spoke this out over us prophetically over the last couple of weeks. Revelation 3, 7 to 8 says, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. So this is Jesus coming in his authority to a church that has been faithful. He says in verse 8, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word and have not denied my name. We have a little strength. We haven't denied his name and we've kept his word and we have continued to contend for what he's spoken over us. I want to say that God calls us faithful. God calls Open Heaven Church faithful. We have been given the key of David. Jesus has spoken over us with his authority. Authority is the key to the open door that God has set before us. And the word in Scripture for door in Revelation is thyra, which means a portal or an entrance. Some, some people think that these sorts of terms like portals are kind of new agey, but that's the Greek meaning of the word door. 
Let me tell you that 11 years ago, roughly a year after we started pastoring Open Heaven Church, I had a vision. And in my vision, I've shared this vision before. In the vision, all I could see was very, very low, dense, threatening cloud. Very, very dark cloud. And they were threatening storms. And, it, and those clouds went all the way to the horizon. Everything over the land was dark, but every now and then there was a little break in the clouds in certain places and this light would just shine down on a specific spot. And I saw in my vision that here where we are was one of those portals in the heavenlies where God's glory was going to shine down. And that's what we've been contending for for these years. What's on the other side of that portal opening? The full manifestation of the kingdom. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, transformation of a city. All these things that God has been speaking to us about. They got me wondering, what is it about the key of David? What is it that God is so... Uh, adamant about in terms of worship. How does this all connect up? And when I look at the, the life of David, I understand that the heart of David, even though he was a terribly flawed man, God called him a man after his own heart and there was something about his worship that was transformative for his entire nation because against the law of the covenant that he was under, he set up 24-7 worship. He, he instituted prophetic worship. He did all these incredible things in worship that were actually not covered by the covenant he was under. He, he launched forth into something that um, he understood prophetically and in doing so, he changed the course of a nation. And in fact, in the book of Amos, Amos prophesied it's going to be David's tabernacle that is raised up in the last days. We've seen houses of prayer raised up and 24-7 prayer and worship and, and those concepts raised up in these days. Worship is incredibly important to the release of authority. I'm not going to speak for much longer, but I just want you to get this connection and where better to find it but in a psalm. In Psalm 149, listen to this and let's see the connection. From verse 1, Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Now this is an amazing, um, an amazing exhortation to us that, that worship is important to God. It changes things. It changes us. It changes the situation around us. But listen to where he goes with this. Because he says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. 
Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honour have all the saints. You see the connection that when we worship God with all our hearts, he imbues us with authority over nations. We're not talking about enslaving people here. We're talking about something in the spiritual realm that gets broken because we have the authority that's birthed in a heart of worship. And so God is going to take the worship in this place and he's going to do something with it where people are going to walk into this church addicted and without a hand being laid on and they're going to walk out free of addiction because the spontaneous power of God is going to fall in this place. And it's easy for me to say, this is coming, this is coming. I'm telling you, it's now. It's already happened with our brother. And what we need to do is get a hold of what has been building in this place slowly, 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 because it's been like a slowly rising river over the last few years. And yet now, all of a sudden, that river is starting to break through the banks. A couple of weeks ago, in, in the intercession upstairs, I, I had this vision I shared it last Sunday of, of um, or last Friday about a, a nice looking white, uh, traditional looking church, but uh, the Lord sp spoke to me and and said it's a whitewashed tomb. And then I saw that there were sandbags all around the church, and uh, so that the water could not come in because there was a river that was in flood just down the road, and there was somebody inside. The church was empty, and there was somebody inside trying to mop the water out of the out of the place because the water was coming up through the floorboards. And I want to tell you what God is releasing is unstoppable. And yet we also have to steward this in the sense that we must not hinder in any way. We can't be the guy holding the mop. I see so many things that have come together. I don't think that there is another uh, ministry or gathering of believers in Liverpool with such a concentration of experienced intercessors as we now have in our community of believers. And so I see this, 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 this flow in the spirit, these rivers of living water that, that all flow together, the, the intercession, the prophetic, the healing ministry, the deliverance, all the things, all the people that, brought, that God has brought us with these specific anointings and all of us working together within this context of laying our lives down before Jesus and having a heart that says we're going to make worship, uh, we're going to make this place like worship Central so worship is going to be central to what God does. And I heard the Lord say to me yesterday, John, the years of tears will be worth it. The time that we have spent on our face before God going, God, I can't do this any longer. God's saying it's all Worth it. The years of wondering why the road was so long and so difficult, all the battles that we've been through, all the wars, all the, all the, all the things that we've had to deal with, I couldn't even begin to tell you. 
It's all worth it and it all starts now. I'm just declaring this. This is a now word. The glory of the Lord is manifesting in this place and we have been entrusted with the stewardship of something that God is releasing that we have never seen before. We have had glimpses of it in our spirit, men, and now it is becoming a reality and we need to walk in the reality. We need to walk in the faith of what has already been testified that this is now the new normal for our church and so as we come out of the whole lockdown scenario there's going to be some changes in how we do things it's 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 just we we can't hinder what God is birthing now we cannot hinder it and uh so I want to. Uh, I just want to make this prophetic declaration tonight, and then we're going to finish with a worship song. We're going to finish with "Fill This Place" because appropriately, that's what God is doing. Lord, I just want to declare firstly that we are not that little white church with the sandbags around it, trying to keep the river of the Lord out of this place. We, Lord, I want to declare over Open Heaven Church that we are a gathering of believers that has at its core a desire above all other desires to have you come and manifest your glory in this place. Not for our sake, but for yours, Lord, and for the sake of people that will come in the doors of this building, Lord, and walk out free of things that have plagued them for decades. I want to thank you, Father God, that healing and deliverance mantles, Father God, are just falling from heaven right now. Healing and deliverance and the prophetic. I want to thank you, Father God, that there is a fresh anointing being received by faith by everybody who is part of our worship team and all the worshippers in our congregation. Lord, make our congregation louder than what's on the platform in Jesus' name. Lord, let the new song come. Let the prophetic worship that you have spoken over us be released now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare that the way is over, that the river is here, the fire is here, the oil is here, the wind is here and we will steward what you entrust to us, Lord. You have trained us, you have corrected us, you have crushed us in the wine press and now, Lord, let the new wine be poured out in Jesus' name. Amen. How I wish all of you on live stream were here right now in this moment as God breaks open what he's doing in our church. When we start gathering again in this place physically, it's going to be very different in the name of Jesus. Worship team, can we just get back up and, and those of us on, on live stream, would you join us in this prophetic declaration of God filling us?